0: Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month again, and it's time for your hosts, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke, and join them for the first Friday of the new decade to talk words of the new year, plus tips and resources for not just surviving, but thriving in the new year. And now I welcome your hosts for the day.
1: Sunny Joy McMillan,
0: and Dr. Alessandra Duke.
1: And welcome, welcome. Happy 2020, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your hosts on this first Friday of the decade and the year. And your other co-host today is Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hello. Hi, and we're here every Friday, or sunny in Seattle as anyway. We do First Friday once a month with Dr. Alessandra, but we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle and 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you are always welcome to access those show archives. You can find those at 1150kknw.com and also Also at iTunes and Podcast One. And just a quick disclaimer that the views expressed here are not necessarily the views of Petaluma Community Access, KPCA Radio, or its board of directors, volunteers, staff, or underwriters. Um, And of course, my website is goldenoversoul.com. Alessandra, you want to give out your website? Yes, it's alessandraduke.com woo Okay, so, um, and we uh, we are missing Benny this morning. We have awesome Nathan in. Nathan, thanks for running the board, and Benny's very, uh, Benny's always there, so it's a very unusual absence.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> to great to be here, Benny
1: Sonny. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yay! <laughs> Well, a fun way to start the new year. And we will check in with Benny about his words of the year and all that good stuff um, next month. So, Alessandra, let's just jump in. Um, We were texting back and forth about a bunch of stuff. Um, Where do you want to start? Yes, well, and
2: I love this because I can remember clearly last year talking to you about this. Like, time is just moving by so quickly. And I love that, like, this is our second time on the radio show talking about this. So I just want to say...
1: That's amazing. It is amazing. And you actually brought it to my attention that we've been doing these first Fridays way longer than I thought we had been. Like it just all flew by. But yeah, so we're, well, I guess we'll probably see each other in 2021 for our words of the year as well.
2: (laughs) Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, and so, okay, we talked about what our words of the year are. And I'm also thinking it could be a word or a a phrase. Yes. And, um, you know, something that I have been thinking a lot about is, um, I, I think that my phrase might be live out loud because yes. I am really in this place where I am just wanting to wanting to really show up in my business a, you know a little bit like bringing a little bit more of myself to that, bringing a little bit more of my personality, um, a little bit more of those kind of human quirks that we all have that maybe we don't let, Everyone see, you know, and yeah. of course, still, you know, being protective of my own privacy in the ways that I need. But I, I think that there are parts of my career where I've really silenced myself, or really have started um, playing small in some some ways that I didn't really realize. But that I think that that has that's just been a process of me. You know, I've been a uh, you know functioning as a psychologist for the last you know. I mean, I've been in that role for 12 some odd years and in that kind of work, there's a lot of value placed on, you know, really being more of a, just a little bit more neutral and, uh, you know, honoring, hearing all sides and not really bringing all of your personality because you're, you know, wanting to create an experience for the client to really, I mean, not that you don't bring your personality, it really depends what, what approach you you take in psychology. So everybody is different. Um, but I do think that there's a little bit more of hiding your full self than there are in some other careers. And that's for protection of the client and for protection of the therapeutic relationship. But my business has really transitioned out of, you know, a pretty typical therapy practice into a bolder, coaching practice, which as of January 1st is now all online. And really? I didn't yes, even know, did that. know that. Oh, yes. Oh. I announced that to my clients that I was going fully online. So it would be available, you know, by phone or by video. And so that the c- regular commute between Bellingham and Seattle is Over.
1: Oh my gosh, Alexander! What
2: a beautiful
1: way to start the new year. (laughs) Oh my gosh, thank
2: you. Yeah, and you know, for people that have been around me, as you know, from the time that I moved to from Seattle up to Bellingham, you know, a lot of people have really (laughs) sympathized with me around this commute because it's looked at it's looked so many different ways, you know. Um, but it's been eating up between three to twelve hours of my life every week, and I've made that time useful. Um, and, but, you know, listening to podcasts and learning and using my car as kind of a little learning traveling hub as I mm-hmm. go around. Um, but I am just so thrilled. I feel like I'm moving into my business more and in my life more and more in a way that is more congruent with who I am today, more how I want to be in my business. And, you know, there were several clients that were pretty disappointed by this decision, but many That's of them, okay, right? That's okay. Oh, Okay, mm-hmm. And I got to a point where I just was, I'm getting off track here from my phrase of the year, but no, you're this, not. I have so many questions. I'll bring yeah. it back around. <laughs> but I think that it's a really important and valuable lesson for everyone. It's like r- when you get in tune with something that you really feel, you know, a direction that you really feel called to do in your work or your personal life, there will be people who are disappointed, who will not like what you're doing, who may criticize you, who may, you know, leave you decide they don't want to work with you, you know, all it impacts people differently. And so I knew that I wanted this change bad enough to, I was willing to weather the storm of no's. you know, just like there were, there are going to be, you know, just as many no's to what I'm doing as there are yeses. And so I've been, I've been weathering that storm I, you know, I announced that at the beginning of December to my clients that not only was I going fully online, but that my rates were also increasing. Uh, (gasps) Congratulations on that too. It was so, it was so scary and vulnerable and risky, but it felt like, you know, I really, I really value the work that I do with my clients. I take it really seriously. I'm always learning. I'm always educating myself. I'm always trying to offer them the next thing that I'm learning and growing into. And so it's like, I, you know, I can't keep just giving away the farm and doing what everybody wants me to do to keep them pleased. So I've got to really value what I'm doing and what I'm bringing, if that's going to be the message that I'm giving other women, right? And so- as I'm moving into this, you know, this next level of my business, I'm just like, yes, I am ready to step in. I'm ready to do things that feel right to me. I'm ready to live out loud. I'm ready to bring my, you know, personality more into my work and show up and have stronger opinions in my work, you know, um, because it's just been the case that I've been, just, I can hold multiple truths. It's all shades of gray. I can see this person's point of view. I can see that. And, you know, and really not vocalizing what I really think. And I think that that is really powerful for people. So I'm going to try. It'll be bit by bit. But, you know, slowly and surely, I mean, I'm even practicing at my home office. There is more pink in this office than there has ever been because I think really? pink is my, pink is like my, it's a color I love so much. And only since I turned 40, am I allowing it to come back into my life? Like it was, I think I just was like, well, pink's not cool. You know, I live in Seattle. We all wear black. Like we, you know, we have to be just like cool, but I love pink. I love it. It makes me so happy. And so my office is just like full
1: of all of this pink. And so I'm loving it. So anyway, (laughs) live out loud. So many things. And it's interesting, Alessandra, because I, I get what you're talking about with a therapeutic relationship. I, I always, it used to make me so angry or frustrated when I was seeing a therapist back in Austin. This was, I'd seen one off and on, and this was mm-hmm. 99.9% related to my dysfunctional marriage. So it was either joint therapy or my own therapy. And either, right. it, it, whatever the case was, I would get so frustrated because like my therapist, I feel like she was like this. Like bland vanilla chocolate or bl- vanilla chocolate, <laughs> bland vanilla like nutrition bar, and I'd be mm-hmm. like, "Where's your flavor? Like, do you have a family? Yeah. Do you do you have likes and dislikes? Like, who are you? I am yes. pouring my soul out to you, and how can I create secure attachment?" without believing that you're a fully human person. Right. <laughs> and he's like, yes. I just want to know you. And man, those walls were so strong or yes. high. So I like that, that, you know, through coaching, you can bring more of you to the relationship because I don't, I don't know, maybe other people like that uh-huh. neutrality, but I, I, I like a give and take in that kind of a relationship. Yes. <laughs> I don't feel like a crazy well, person. I will
2: say I seriously have had a client say, And, and I, you know, I differ, have differed, you know, when I was identifying more as a therapist, I've really differed from a lot of them in a lot of ways. I've always been a little bit outside of the box, you know? And so people have said like, wow, you're really, you're really direct. Or, you know, I feel like I know you more than I knew my last therapist or your personality really shows through. But I did have one client literally say to me, I love that. I know nothing about your life. I love that. I know nothing about you so that I don't have to worry about you or care about you. Oh, well, and that for her was really fantastic because she was over-functioning in a lot of her relationships and she Mm -hmm. needed to have one space where uh, she didn't have to worry or caretake another person. And so in parts of parts of it, it's like, and it's like I said, it's such a wide spectrum. It depends on your training and the background and the approach that you're taking. But, you know, there's lots of lots of different approaches that can be helpful. But I think um yeah I think noticing for yourself what works for you and then now as a clinician like whoa that like a lot of this doesn't work for me you know it's not a really good fit for me and I I don't love that you know nothing about me that makes me feel like I'm absent in my life I don't like that I haven't liked as a therapist that I feel like I often operate as like some kind of secret agent you know where it's like if I see clients out and about or in the grocery store I kind of go the other way or leave right. really quickly. Right? And right. So I'm loving that coaching is just giving me, you know, more, more of that freedom to just be me. And I think it's really fascinating that it's like, I've wanted, I've shared this with you. I've wanted to do coaching since well before I even started my PhD in psychology, but I was just in such denial of really accepting that about myself and thought, you know, it'd be quote-unquote smarter to go down this traditional path. Yeah. This is safer. People respect a doctorate. You know, my ego needs some respect around here.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Um, and so I'll do that. But um, but um, it's really all kind of, you know, fusing with this, like, live out loud, which feels pretty scary to me. But, um but yeah, i am I going to do it?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, th- and it also – well, th- I also wonder – you know, the, all of those rules around not acknowledging a patient in a public setting, I get that that is to protect mm-hmm. the relationship, but it also reminds me of a bygone time where there was shame around seeing a therapist, and so perhaps that's yes. why we wanted to hide it. And now I think, oh my goodness, now that there, so much is coming to light and so many mental health issues are being discussed in a more of a mainstream open setting, that maybe that maybe those times will end up shifting. Of course, I don't go to conferences on these types of things like you do, but I, you know, who knows, maybe that will change more as time goes by. Um, yeah, but that's more of a digression. Anywho, I'm curious, all of that said, Mm -hmm. it surprises me having seen you, you know, in the, the, the networking group that you run Mm -hmm. lady bosses in Seattle and seeing you and lead workshops, seeing you, Um, and, and, you know, your, your recent, like the, the photos that you've done for your recently updated website Mm -hmm. in seeing all of those things, I never would have thought that you were leaving anything out that you were not living out loud. And so I'm curious, Mm. do you mind being specific? Like, what are, what are we even talking about? I know you mentioned like wearing (laughs) red lipstick or something in our text, (laughs) which I want to hear more about, but like, where are the places where you (sighs) weren't or where you feel like you're not? Yeah, I think it's it's just been interesting because in, you know,
2: Lady Bosses has been something that has been so pivotal for me in my career, starting, you know, starting that group and not having any plan around what that group would be. But it really did allow me to show up show up as more of myself and to um, to practice being kind of I feel like I can show up a little differently there or in my workshops than maybe I do in the one to oh, one therapy nice. sessions gone by you know Um, so that's maybe why you've gotten a little bit more of a flavor Um, but even beyond that it's like yes I want to be I want to be you know really placing value on myself and showing up and treating myself as worthy of new amazing sweatpants that don't make (laughs) me feel awful about myself (laughs) you know and I want to be you know I want to be more just self-disclosing with you know, like things that are really, I mean, I am pretty good at sharing around, you know, self-doubt and things like that. But I think that like, you know, embarrassment around having debt or, you know, wanting to be, um, Dude, you, you know, got
1: a PhD without help from your family. Like, what are you I know, supposed to have? Right? I'd be proud of that debt. Yeah, and our
2: society <laughs> shames us so much for having debt. I think, you know, there's a lot of shamers out there. And I've even had recent conversations with them myself <laughs> where they're like, "Oh, you know, oh my gosh, I've never met anyone like you. You have so much debt. And I think like, yeah, I, but I did. I put myself through school. I'm still working through it. You know, the parts of the, um, you know, parts of business that I really don't know but really believing, you know, I can still really be helpful to women who are in business for themselves and knowing I've got so much information and knowledge, even though I'm still learning a lot and don't know a lot, you know, and also being, you know, wanting to be more outspoken in terms of, you know, I identify as feminist. I have a lot of opinions around, you know, women and money. I have a lot of opinions around why women should be making more money. (laughs) I, um, I want to express more of those views, you know, and it's, you know, talking a little bit more about, you know, who my partner is and that relationship, you know, there's not I'm, I'm not really learning from a lot of individuals out there in the world who are in a same-sex relationship, and I am. And, you know, I think you have been better about talking about my relationship even on this show oh, than I'm I am. Sorry. <laughs> No, I mean, it's totally fine because you're like, you don't, you know, you're not taking issue with it. Right. And it's like, you're just, you're just like treating it like any other, you know, any other thing. And I think it's wonderful, but it's been part of my life that has been a little bit more in, in hiding. And I'm a fairly private person anyway, you know, when it comes to a lot of these things, but it's like, I, I don't want to be as private as I have been, you know, it's like, I have a partner she is a woman. Here we go. I'm outing myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Here I'm on the radio, you know, <laughs> but it's true. That is actually what is happening. And so, um, I, uh, I think to myself, you know, are you ready? Are you ready to, you know, tell the world and all of this stuff? And I think, well, fine. It's, it is my actual life, you know, that is my everyday. So, yeah. um, I want to be okay with talking about it. Um, so anyway, just some things like that, you know, are are top of mind for me. And, you know, and I've got just yeah, like stronger, you know, just some stronger opinions on things than I express. I think I do a little bit more hinting yeah. at things. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to play nice.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and I just I just want to, I just want to share more, you know, I want to share more of who I am. And I think that that is, you know, for the, the coaches and mentors that I follow, you know, that's something that's extremely appealing about them to me is their willingness to share, to show up, to have a strong opinion, to be a leader in that way. And, and I want to be that, and I want to be that for more women. You know, I think that that's important.
1: Yeah, I was just about to ask you, you know, I a question that I often ask clients when they say, oh, I want to, uh, you know, share this with my family or I want to Mm -hmm. do this on social media. And I I usually ask, what's your why behind it? You know, is it you want to get more likes or is it because doing that would mean more fully expressing yourself, which feels like living in truth to you versus not being in integrity or whatever? So you just mentioned, yeah, that you want to be that example for other people or other women, particularly. Yeah. And I I have to say, we were talking about this before we got on the air, because I know that you have just um, signed up for an engagement to work with one of my favorite gals out there, Susan Mm -hmm. Hyatt, who Mm -hmm. is um, one of, you know, my, the teacher of my heart in this lifetime, Martha Beck. I'm not shy about that. One of her original (laughs) master coaches who has helped shape her program and um, who's been a big part of Martha's very, you know, her original inner circle um, was, was Susan or is Susan Hyatt. And she, to me, I don't agree with everything she does or says, Mm -hmm. but she is so darn inspiring in the sense that she, I think she probably gets more hate mail than most. But when you start getting out of the vanilla zone into a real flavor, they're going to be, I I don't know, I kind of feel like that's the indicator that you are on to something is when people start reacting and losing their minds over what you're doing. (laughs) And so it's so interesting. And I love that you are going to be working directly with her to, really, I think if you're going to be living out loud, she's a very good person to be walking alongside you as you bring that out in 2020. Yes.
2: Yes. And I, you know, this signing up for this mastermind to work with her. So first of all, I learned about her from you, Sunny, and Mm -hmm. you have just been instrumental to me in I just feel like you've been this, just this huge beacon of light in my life oh, that you, nice. and you, you just like told, it's like, you're, you're just like a teacher whisperer. Like you say <laughs> the names of all the people I've been learn like needing to learn from. <laughs> and it's so, cause you started me off on Brooke Castillo and you know, Lord knows anybody who's listening to the show knows I love me some Brooke Castillo. Hey, we too, um, man. <laughs> yeah. And then you got me into, you know, you kept mentioning Susan Hyatt and had I checked out Susan Hyatt, there was like. You had referenced her a couple of times for me specifically and so started, you know, really following her work. And at first I was like, you know, who is this lady, you know, being so loud or talking about this or that. And I just sort of I just fell in love with what she was doing. And that was a big draw for me was her willingness to be bold and to stand out and to share her opinions, you know, pretty broadly. And um it just felt her whole vibe just felt more colorful to me. And that she is She likes just, pink. She did. I love pink and I'm sitting here with my Susan Hyatt go time planner and a little love note from her for joining the mastermind. Oh. And joining the mastermind, you know, last time you and I talked Sunny, I was like, I'm just not going to do it. You know, I don't feel like it's the responsible thing, you know, as I reference, like I have debt that I'm working through and, you know, I should be focusing on that all these shoulds all over myself. And so mm-hmm. I had, you know, talked with one of her coaches a couple of times to see if it would be a good fit. And of course I felt like it would be an amazing fit and exactly what I needed right now, um, to really take my work to the next level and to, um, have someone alongside me for, you know, coming more into myself, um, in my business, in my life. And, um, and, but I, you know, I told them, you know, I, it's just not the right time for me. I, this money seems ridiculous, you know? And, um, and I told them I'm not going to do it. And then I just got this terrible feeling of like, oh, that doesn't feel right at all. I hate this. I hate that. I just said no. And why did I just say no? And you know, what was I telling you about why I wanted to say no? It just felt so out of whack in such a clear way. And then the moment I decided to sign up and just do it, I mean, it's, you know, it's a risk financially, but it feels, but I don't know that it really is. It's like, this is an investment in me and I one hundred percent trust. I mean, when there is an investment in me, in my education, in a program that I'm involved in, I am a hundred percent in. So um, I really trust me to to show up, and I am gonna do every single thing <laughs> she says. <laughs> I am I am gonna be the number one student. Uh. I'm. Gonna be- how do you be the number one student in this program? I'm gonna do it. That is my plan. That is my <laughs> big plan for 2020. I wanna rock this program. I want to get the most out of it that I can. I just I'm I am so ready. I'm just at this really cool point where I'm like that that the financial risk seemed um smaller than this, this greater call and pull to yeah. look bigger in this way.
1: Yeah, and I love – I was going to ask you about how you ultimately knew it was the right decision because for anybody out there who's making a decision about something big in their life, which whether it is making an investment in yourself or leaving an unhealthy relationship or changing your work, whatever that looks like, I think you you really embodied it because when you talked about not doing it, it just felt like your energy was just so yeah. heavy, wah, wah, ugh, yeah. this is the – Yeah. And then, of course, when you talk about doing it, your your energy just went up and you can tell the mm-hmm. excitement and the anticipation. <laughs> it's you know, I'll, I've talked about in our coaching tradition, the shackles on shackles off response yes. that it felt like not doing it felt very shackles on meeting mm-hmm. in your body there's a physical sensation of heaviness or constriction um, Mm -hmm. versus shackles off which is a feeling of expansion and lightness and there's some other things that go along with it but um, Mm -hmm. yeah you definitely had a shackles off response to doing it (laughs) and to me that you know our body is the interface between spirit and matter it is the vessel through which our soul speaks to us so how do we receive its guidance I mean other than intuition also I think in our bodily sensations and cues and to me shackles off, it's like, we call it playing the game of life in a warmer, colder, you know, if, if, if you're going towards shackles off, you're going in the right direction. If you're mm-hmm. going towards shackles on, perhaps that's not your best, highest potential that you've right? got. So, yay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely, I mean, there is so much of that. And I think that some of these times, I mean, I certainly am not the greatest at making decisions <laughs> in my yeah. life. I just feel like, oh, there's so many options. I don't know. But that to me felt mm-hmm. really, really clearly, you know, what you do talk about with that, you know, shackles on. And I think it also felt like really coming from a scarcity mindset, the saying no, and um, living out the sort of lineage of my family, which was just, you know, you just, it's just a no for them. And it has always been a no. And we don't really know why. But there's never a Um, you know what we, if that's what you want to do, I've got your back and we'll figure it out. Like, that's not the, the tribe from which I came from. So I want to be that for myself, for not only other women, but for myself in my life is, you know what? I believe in you. You've got this hundred percent. Let's give it all you got. And we'll, we'll figure it out. You know um, I've never had someone do that for me, you know, from the family I came from, I I've done that for myself in my own education, in my own way. But when I was about to say no to that, I felt like, Whoa, I'm living from that scarcity. It's a no just because, and this can be a yes, just because I want to, Not because it makes the most financial sense and not because it's the smartest investment I could, you know, any of that, but because I want to. And I think that that can be really liberating when you can feel like you've got your own back in something like this, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it, it also reminds me, it's an interesting exercise, you know, um, that I remember learning for the first time, and this is not going to be or shattering for probably many of our listeners, but it was for me um, that I had always thought that my source of abundance came from, it came through a, a channel such a, and I think particularly having grown up in a, a you know, a, a fairly small conservative community in in the south that I didn't have a lot of female examples of creation of wealth or abundance it was all it came through their the the male in their life and so I always thought that in order to depend on anything financially I had to find a man through which that would come and or a a job that would they would decide for me my value my worth and they would deem yeah. a number and then they would hand it out and I have come to believe, you know, that the job is not our source. The the person, the spouse, the family member is not our source. Source is our source. There are conduits through which it can come, but we can have that direct relationship ourselves. And it sounds like you're now... You know, having been relied on a family to tell you no all those years, <laughs> now you are breaking with that, or gently moving the needle a little bit in the in another direction, and you're aligning with Source to say, okay, now what's possible when I decide th- that I'm going to engage with Source directly to see what's going to happen in creation of this this th- your business and what you're going to yeah. do with it in partnership with you know this mastermind. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been amazing
2: even, um, and I do, I want to ask you about your word and your phrase for the year too. Oh yeah, we'll
1: take a break and we'll come back and we'll do okay. that. But yeah, let's um, we'll wrap up. I-
2: Yeah, it's been just incredible to even when, um, you know, as I made that big decision and decided, you know, I don't want to come from a place of scarcity. I want to come from a place of abundance. I want to trust in the universe. I want to trust in source. I want to trust in myself. I said yes to that. And it's been amazing, even the amount of surprise money that has come in. Huh. <laughs> and i have just been laughing every time a little paypal notice pops up on my phone i just like giggle to myself because yeah. i think like oh universe you know because i've thought like in all of these times even when i've been so stressed out about my business so worried so scared mm-hmm. you know and have you know in the in the past, you know, 15 years ago, gone through a bankruptcy, all of these things that people fear going yeah. awful, I've yeah. got to do. That's another part of just being honest about that and living out yeah. loud, Um, and feeling like, you know what though, universe has always had my back. I can, uh, there is something that always kind of pulls through where even if it feels like I'm at the very bottom of the barrel, right? I still got food. I'm still paying my bills I'm still I'm still okay. And so in this time in my business just trusting like if I want to do this, I will still be okay and taking that leap, trusting that and then watching as all of a sudden, you know all these new people signed up for my program and clients are like, yeah I want to make sure to sign up to work with you, want to get you my money by the end of the year. And I just thought like, Oh Oh my gosh, there you
1: go. I love that. And that is actually a perfect segue to, you know, kind of where I wanted to go with my words for the year too. Um, So we will, um, we will go ahead and take our break. You are listening to Sunny in Seattle. Today is the first Friday of the month and the decade. So it's me, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. We'll take a break and be back in a few.
0: The preceding audio was via a Skype call. I'm Dr. Anthony Lisewitz, and this is Climate Connections. During hurricanes and floods, people often rely on emergency responders for help. So it's critical that the electricity stay on at the buildings where ambulances and EMTs are stationed.
3: Being able to power their entire building is very important so they can respond to emergencies quickly.
0: Angelica Ramdari is with Solar One. The organization is helping equip two ambulance services in New York City with solar panels and battery storage systems. On sunny days, the solar generates clean energy, but if a storm causes a blackout, the battery provides backup power, so the EMTs can continue to run equipment and dispatch help. But people do not just need medical assistance during a disaster. They also need a safe place to go. So Solar One is also installing systems at other community facilities, for example, a school, and in phase two of the effort, four libraries. These sites can then function as shelters and a place for people to charge their phones.
3: A lot of people found that not being able to communicate with their loved ones was one of the biggest problems after Sandy. So in addition to not having power, not being able to tell people that they're okay.
0: By making sure the power stays on, the systems will help keep people safe and connected during a disaster. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org.
3: Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing. But not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad
1: Council. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your hosts on this first Friday, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yay. Okay. So, um, Alessandra, thank you for like sharing all the things about what's going on in your life in the new year yes. and everything. Thanks for your great <laughs> questions, you Sunny. <laughs> and now we're, we want I want to hear about you. Well, I, I wanted to just piggyback on what you were talking about because it's one of the things I think having worked with women a lot around um, women who are not so happy in their marriages. And one of the biggest reasons that I see people staying in a marriage that is unhealthy, dysfunctional, some of them downright, you know, abusive in ways, and the fear of money is what keeps them there. And then, of course, work with a lot of people who the fear of money keeps them in a job that they really do not like or unfulfilling work, even though they have dreams and and desires to do other things, but they're afraid that it will not support them financially. and I am not one to tell people to go out and do things that are risky financially, but I will just say to your point, like one of the exercises that we do in my coaching tradition is, you know, you take things to its, its very last end of the line conclusion and what's the worst that will happen. And I I will also as a brief, well, To add to this, Mm -hmm. I remember hearing about, and I've shared this story before, uh, I think, on the show, but when Byron Katie had her uh, enlightenment experience, she doesn't call it that, but I think anybody looking at it from the outside would call it that when you are in one of those moments, kind of like Eckhart Tolle, where you are in the deepest, darkest places that a human can go, and there's this huge, just kind of a snap in consciousness, and they're never the same. Like, they are... They have seen the total picture and can come back and for the rest of us who are still in it, help us get through the tough stuff because they are more aware of the totality, if that makes sense. So she had this enlightenment experience. When she came back, she used to just go wander in the desert. And, of course, she'd been, I believe, in real estate, a pretty successful, uh, I don't know if it was commercial, residential, but something related to real estate. I didn't
2: know that about her
1: yeah, and of course she had rage issues, terrible relationship with her children, uh, if at all and and eating disorder and and uh, depression and anxiety and all of the things. And so she had this experience. and when she came back, everyone in her life, of course she came back completely different person. and you can read more about this um in on her website, the work or one of my favorite book of hers is loving what is. but in any event, um, Everyone said to her, you know, Katie, you've got to get a job. You've got to go back and make money. And her big thing when she came back was realizing that her thoughts were what was what were causing her suffering. Like Epictetus Mm -hmm. said, I think he's a Greek philosopher, that it is not what happens to us, but our thoughts about what happens to us that creates the suffering. So in realizing this, she began questioning all of her thoughts. And so they said, you have to make money. You have to have a job. You have to save for retirement. She said, is it true? And she found, and she would go on these long walks in the desert, not taking any money, not taking food, not taking water, not taking a map. And always, she said, she was taken care of. Someone would show up on her hike and share their water bottle. She would get a ride home uh, if she found herself far from home. She, Someone would gift her things when she was out there. She just found that she was always taken care of. And i have come to believe and of course we'll see how this plays out in my life but what's the worst thing that happens i, I bag lady doom um but still <laughs> you are a dearly loved spiritual being who's going to go back i believe to an infinite eternal ethereal realm and choose maybe you want to come back here maybe you want to go do something else in the cosmos but either way, what's the worst that can happen? I am not afraid of starving to death. I am not afraid of living under a bridge. I'm. I know that all those things will be taken care of, whether through uh, my own inspired action to create something or through the receiving uh, the joy of others gifting to me and that exchange that can happen. Um, and so I think I'm willing to get a little bit not live in fear. Like you said, family legacies of fear, and we have cultural legacies around that as well and collective beliefs around what we need to do to be safe. But, you know, we don't really have control over anything. The entire market system could go into, could turn over tomorrow, I mean, through some huge catastrophic world event. Or I, there's so many things that can happen, and to think that we can create this security ourselves as little humans, to me, is... I don't know, wishful thinking. And so I'm, I'm kind of of the belief and this is me feeding into what my, my word or phrases are for 2020 is, um, and I've mentioned these on the show before, because this came up big for me in December through a variety of different places, but living fully. So what does that mean? Living fully. And I, I, to me, living fully doesn't mean anymore coming up with this very specific list of goals and stuff I want to manifest. There's nothing wrong with that. I have done that in the past and I've gotten it. Um, and that I feel like that's more my human trying to be in control and do that. But I found that the the biggest gifts of my life have come when I've gotten my human out of the way and let my soul take the lead, uh, so to speak. And so I am, um, more general going into 2020 than I think I've ever been. I am more. Um, and I, I said, I told you I'm going small for 2020. I'm Mm going to say more about what I mean by that. But to me, living fully now means what, what is it that, um, if I just go out and I live my life, I show up in my business and I show up in my life. I connect with the people who are put on my path. I accept the invitations or I reach out and ask someone if I can come present or do these things, but more living in the flow and just kind of gently pushing on various doors to see which one's open instead of labeling a door that this is what i'm going to do in 2020 so for example in 2017 i was gosh darn it going to write my book and i did i'm very happy that i did Mm -hmm. it was very serendipitously timed that it happened immediately before my ex-husband's passing so that he was a part of the process so i'm not saying that i won't follow those urges and things but it's more instead of me saying i am writing a book and gosh darn it it's going to happen come heck or high water and this is what my human wants. I am going to have preferences. It would be nice to do this. It might be nice to do that. But instead, just live fully in terms of showing up. And for me, that can mean there may be things that really scare me. Like To me, living fully has become, if there's a dream in your heart, living fully means to show up in ways that might allow that dream to come to fruition or to take inspired action to to follow that dream and in so doing to me that's living fully instead of I kind of view it as the the other way around is my human says I want this this and this in 2020 and it's going to look like this and it needs to be like this I want to be a little more gentle so kind of that um There was that study that I heard about from Martha Wright when I was really noodling on all of this. And the study showed that people who set goals um, were not as successful as people who did a verb-adverb combination. Um, So I'm sorry, I know this is repetitive. We talked about this in 2019. But basically, instead of, um, I'm going to finish my book, that would be an example of a very specific goal instead saying, I am going to write inspired, or I am going to um, create lovingly. So instead of having this specific goal, doing it in a more like, what is it that you want to embody? I want to live fully or do a verb adverb combination type of a thing. So that's where I'm going in 2020 and trusting that even if I don't, even if my human doesn't set out exactly what needs to happen, that not only will I maybe be taken care of, but that there might even be even cooler things that can come to fruition by getting my human out of the way. Yes. So that's where I'm living fully for me. And then going small, I will say what I mean by that. Yeah. I often get, and I think especially this is true in our industry that with each passing of each year that I've been doing this, which is not terribly long, I hung out my shingle while I went through my original coach training in 2013 and hung out the shingle ultimately uh, for business in January of 2015. Um, So here we are five years later. Um, But every year there is this, and maybe this is my perception. So I'm curious what your thoughts are, but that People are sending emails in the end of December, and the beginning of January, like, let's make 2020 or let's make 2019 (laughs) your best year ever. And we're just going to go big and it's going to be we're going to do all this stuff and it's be successful in this way and create the write the book and get on Oprah. I don't know. I kind of feel like in some ways it's nice to be inspired. And again, I have no issues. If you love vision boarding and writing manifestation (laughs) lists, Like, knock yourself out. For me personally, I have not found that that brings me ease, effortless, harmonious living. And I am curious because the greatest gifts in my life have come when I've not been looking for it or I have you know, like I've said before, chase coming into my life, all I was asking for at that time was peace and the greatest love of my life arrived literally on my doorstep in Seattle from, I mean, in my doorstep in Austin, all the way from Seattle. Like I, there's no other way than divine orchestration that that meeting could have come about. And only by following my heart did that, uh, end in, you know, this relationship that has been such a freaking gift. Wow. So so all that to say, um, let me bring it back around to um, what I was, I guess my, my whole point was I didn't go big to get chase. For example, I was just trying to get by and asking for peace at the time. So, and I've also found that in my business every year it's, I'm, I'm like, this is the year I will write my book. This is the year that I will get on this particular podcast, or I will be quote discovered. And I think that not only feels in some ways like trying to pull a plant out of the ground manually before it's ready, but also has created a huge disconnect between where I am and where I may ultimately end up. Like the gap between where I sit currently to where the true potentials out there lie, it just feels like this chasm that is a mile wide or more bigger than the Grand Canyon, which creates feelings of, at times, hopelessness, frustration, apathy, um, and then all of the things that come along with those feelings, the actions or inactions that I have. So I'm going small and I am going to show up and live fully, which may be, I mean, maybe that will mean bigger things than I think, but I don't want to shout from the rooftops that 2020 is the year of this for me. I just... Right want 2020 to be a year of joy peace freedom, purpose expansion um, and prosperity and how that looks your guess is as good as mine Alessandra but I'm <laughs> this is again the grand experiment I've talked about on previous shows that is coming more into focus um I don't I yeah I'm going to just keep showing up living fully. And of course, the other component of that is loving myself. And what does that look like? So those
2: are my words. And it's interesting, because when you even when you say going small, it's like, I guess, you know, and maybe it's like all an issue of semantics. But as you're talking about, like, um, you know, all of the the feeling words that you want to live into this year, I'm I'm thinking to myself, that just doesn't sound small.
1: So maybe I need to uh, small meaning I don't want to have grandiose, graspy uh-huh. manifestation goals. Yes. Uh, yes. So
2: what you may, don't want to I, have them external to you.
1: Yeah, I yeah. So I want to compare to what everyone else is shouting from the rooftops about 2020 and this huge decade. And, yes. and, new, and I, let me just also say, as a digression here, there are for whatever my life ends up looking like, I have no idea and I don't want to put a lot of pressure on myself for it to look any certain way. But, um, I have just been, so, um, I, I recently, um, and I'm still going through the recordings. So I love Tosha silver for a variety of reasons. Of course, she is the teacher who wrote, uh, outrageous openness, as well as change me prayers. And her whole body of work is around letting the divine take the lead um which is something that has really resonated for me in the last several years but she also has a 30 year history in deep in astrology and influences of the planets on our human bodies and our on our lives and our energy bodies and all of the things and there are she just recently taught a course uh, here in Berkeley on some big planetary transits that are either coming to fruition or completing in 2020 or around this time, there is big stuff happening astrologically some some cycles that the last time that they happened was during the reformation which is pretty mm. incredible yeah. or there's you know one in particular that's been a 30-year cycle that started in 1982 um in the fall and there are some really interesting things and um if if you were interested this course is available you didn't have to be there live so um uh if you want to find out more about it then the website would be Toshas which is Tosha Silver. Dot com. Anyway, I have just found so much joy in hearing about this because you look back at there are certain things transits that started back in around the 2008 time. And I look at that was when I knew that I needed to get out of my marriage, get out of law, get out of all of the things that I had created up to that point. I just knew there was something that I was being called to go and do. And one of the things that Tosha was talking about is and I'm just saying this for anyone else out there who's like, yes, I feel that 2019 was kind of like I think it was the astrologer Kaipacha who said it was like you were like the walnut in the nutcracker and you have the, the pressure has come to get the meat out, the good stuff out. But you have been if you haven't felt like you were in a nutcracker in the last year then, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but I felt that Yeah, yes. there are so many things that are leading up to this point. And if you have felt like, I know there's something coming, I've extricated myself from marriages, from jobs, from relationships, from different cities. And you, you know, that something is coming. There are a lot of planetary transits and happenings that you, you're not wrong. Like this is there's some things coming to fruition and there are some things that will be happening in 2020, whether or not my life is big or small, you know, whatever I'm just saying for anyone else out there, if you look into that a little bit more, um, if that is something that the pressure that you were feeling. So anyway, all that yeah. to say, who knows Alessandra, what it will look like, but I just didn't want to, I don't want to make this another year where I put huge, big pressures for certain things to happen. I am curious that if I live my business, like I did, my personal life those years ago, if that um, and do the verb adverb combination versus specificity in a particular goal, what will happen with that? And, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm still a dearly loved spiritual being who is not going to, fortunately, first world problems, you know, I'm not going to die of hunger. I'm not going Mm -hmm. to... I mean, there will always be shelter. There will always be friends and, and family and open doors, I believe, because that's how, you know, when we show up in our lives that way, those doors will open for us. So anyway, you know, what's the worst that can happen? That can't. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. too worried.
2: I love it. I love it. And I think that um, I, I can totally resonate with you around the um the Walnut cracking <laughs> situation you know where it and it's felt like you know I've heard you talk a little bit about wanting to go this path but you know even other other mentors and teachers who I listen to it sounds like there is you know that there is a pretty wide calling for getting um just getting a little quieter listening getting more in the feel of life, being more reflective, you know, and I think even for me, it's like, yes, wanting to do the things and live out loud, but coming up with like a very specific goal, there's not a lot about me that I feel like, oh, I need to change or I need to shift this right away, or it's a crisis. And I've got to like, I've got to like, you know, change this part of my being. And this is going to be the thing that like saves me and all this thing. It's like, I think about, this is more me. I planted some major seeds last year. And so for me, it's like tending to the crops this year.
1: Yes. And I'm so glad you said that. Also, you had texted me about that, about for many of the teachers and, and folks that you follow, mm-hmm. that this is a year more of reflect reflection and tending versus planting and and harvesting and creating. Yes. And I will tell you, that is the exact thing that, and some of Sarah Landon's some of the wisdom that she's brought through lately, that is exactly, like you have spent even, not just the last year, but the last decade has been a time of bringing, putting, lining up the dots. Mm-hmm. This is the time when you will be able to connect them and just be a time of more receiving, a time of reaping what has already been sown so long ago, whether last year or the last decade. And yeah. so I just, I wanted to reflect that because you said that and I thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I've also been hearing from a couple yes. of other people and Cirlian and particularly. And I I thought, I'm, yeah, so being being able to, to be a little bit gentler and receive uh-huh. all the things uh-huh. I that we put it. into action.
3: Yes.
1: Yeah. So we're right about at the end of the hour. It went fast. Happy new it year. Did.
2: I love these <laughs> conversations. I remember our conversation on the new year last year and it just is like, these
1: are so just fun. I could talk with you forever about this. Yes. Well, we will. I'm sure we'll be here again in another, in another year, 2021. Yes. So for everyone out there, you have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. It was first Friday of the month and the decade. Um, So I was here, Sunny Joy, joined by my fabulous co-host on first Fridays, Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yes. Thanks for joining us everyone. And I will see you next week. Bye.